Hello, Weirdsters. Welcome back to Weirdsdale. I'm one half of your host duo, Melissa, and I'm bringing you a shorty episode this week to celebrate National Minnesota Day tomorrow, February 1st. I decided I'm going to try to hit every state's national day and do an episode about a haunted place or a famous crime that occurred there. So send me your suggestions for your state. I've already received a few for different states, so I'm excited to get into those. Send us an email at weirdsdalepod at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or even better, if you have a weird story of your own, send it in and we'll read it on the podcast. We've got some exciting things coming up and we love to hear from you. So follow us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and tell all your friends about us, all the weirdster ones. And you know, even if you're not sure if they're a weirdster, they probably are. It's a really windy night here as I record, which is giving a very fitting ambiance to the haunted place I'm going to tell you about today. But first, Minnesota. Minnesota, we've already told you this, but we love you. We love to visit you. We love your arts, entertainment, landscape, restaurants, etc., etc. We just gush about you all the time. And oh, we love how we're connected to you by one side. That makes us special sisters, special state sisters. And we love that you're kind of creepy, too. Today, I'm going to be talking about what many people claim is the most haunted place in Minnesota, the Palmer House Hotel. Not to be confused with the Palmer House Hotel in Chicago, although that one has a bit of a dark history as well and is most likely haunted. I did have a hard time deciding between the Palmer House Hotel and the creepy AF catacombs underneath St. Paul, which is super interesting, but maybe I'll save that for another day. The Palmer House is located in Sauk Center, Minnesota, about an hour and a half drive northwest of the Minneapolis. It's a small town with a population of around 5,000 people, and Sauk Center's claim to fame is it is the boyhood home of Sinclair Lewis, famous 1920s American novelist and the first American to receive the Nobel Prize in Literature. The name of the town refers to the Sauk Native American tribe, for which many places are named after in that area. It was settled by Alexander Moore around 1856, and soon after, a general store was built, and then in the 1860s, a two-story white house called the Sauk Center House. This house served as a hotel, a saloon, and of course, A brothel, because every hotel was a brothel in the 1800s. If you'll remember our brothel episode a while back, which I still find so fascinating that there were so many brothels around the 1800s. Well, this was one of them. The house was the central place for entertainment, holding banquets, balls, dinner parties, and much more. Some people were even full-time residents of the building and lived there for decades. The building had several owners and landlords throughout its almost 40 years of service to the town. Unfortunately, the Sock Center house was irreparably damaged by a fire in 1900 that began in the dead of the night. Luckily, all 30 guests were awoken quickly and managed to escape before it slowly burned to the ground. One article from the Times said, quote, The guests, about 30 in all, with a few exceptions, saved all of their personal property, although they left the building without fully completing their toilets. (laughs) So they felt the need to put in the article that they didn't get to empty their bowels before they left. I guess that's important. 
The loss was devastating to some, but as a whole, the town wasn't all that sad to see the old building with its possibly nefarious activities destroyed. Another article from July 12, 1900 stated, quote, For a long time, it has been felt that the city needed a better hotel. The Sock Center House did not fully meet the later demands, although it was well conducted. The demand was for something better. Now that this hostelry has been destroyed by fire, the city is wholly without suitable accommodations. Ever since the fire, there has been a clamor for a hotel that would be a credit to the city. Unquote. And they got their wish. In 1901, a new building was erected in its place by Ralph and Christina Palmer and called the Palmer House Hotel. This hotel was a first-class luxury hotel with all of the modern amenities of the time, costing around $25,000 to $30,000 to build, which would be around $1 million today. The new hotel would be the first building in Sock Center to boast electricity and indoor plumbing. The Palmers lived in the hotel with their two children, as well as Christina's mother and brother. The original hotel had 38 small guest rooms with a shared, quote, necessary room, i.e. the bathroom, which was down the hall, and that was common for hotels of that time. It became, yet again, the gathering place for locals and travelers alike. One newspaper described it as, quote, the perfect gem furnished in sumptuous style, unquote. It's said that Sock Center's most famous resident, like I said, Sinclair Lewis, who I mentioned earlier, was employed at the Palmer House shortly after its opening as a bellboy and a night clerk. It's been rumored that he was fired from the job for spending too much time writing and not enough time working, but that claim is unsubstantiated. More on him later, though. As one of the largest buildings in the town, like many other buildings of the late 1800s, the basement of the Sock Center House was probably a makeshift morgue during flu and other disease epidemics. But just because that was common doesn't make it not creepy and ominous, and something that you think about when you enter the now Palmer House. The building was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1982. It was also remodeled, restoring the architecture and decor to its former historic glory and making the guest rooms larger by adding private bathrooms, which brought the guest rooms down to around 19 instead of 38. More exclusive, I guess. The Palmer House Hotel has always been worth visiting, even if only to check out the grand architecture. But these days, many guests come for a different reason. A chance to experience the paranormal happenings that are reported almost daily. Despite its very haunted reputation, the current owners claim they have found no evidence of any traumatic deaths on the property. Although that doesn't necessarily mean they haven't occurred, they just weren't recorded. One source said that a small boy did die in the hotel after contracting the flu, and the hotel was being used as a quarantine quarters. It also was used as a quarantine quarters for smallpox and others, but overall, no dramatic or traumatic stories of murder, suicide, or other events have been recorded. So why is it so active with spirits? I think that's always the question that we ask. And there's no question that it's happening. There have been many paranormal groups, media channels, TV shows, bloggers, content creators, authors, etc., who have experienced the hotel's strange occurrences. 
Is it just residual energy from so many years of life and events happening within its walls? Is it a specific person or people? Or maybe, you know, a collection of people and personalities that have left a bit of themselves behind? I mean, possibly, maybe all of it. We don't know. The current owner, Kelly Freeze, thinks it may be a bit of everything as well. She thinks maybe there are some characters who have just chosen to stay in a place they loved or that they called home or a place that they just had a lot of fun at. She also thinks there are some who just pop in to say hello every once in a while, almost like it's a portal because there are so many spirits. This hotel's hauntings hit every mark of the classic paranormal happenings, most of which seem pretty benign, but there is one area that seems to have a more malicious vibe, and I will get to that in a bit. One well-known spirit of the Palmer House Hotel is a man named Raymond. He's known as the Plumber, and not sure if that name refers to an actual person who once had the job of plumber at the hotel, or if it refers to the fact that this particular spirit, Raymond, is known to mess with the water in the building turning on the hot water faucet, turning on the shower, causing the non-automatic toilets to flush on their own all the time, even causing puddles of water to appear in the middle of a floor with no explanation as to how that could have possibly happened. Staff will find wet, bare feet prints after mopping when they know no one could have had the chance to walk through. One article from the St. Cloud Times tells of even weirder water-related hauntings, like guests discovering wet spots in their suitcases, on their clothes, in the middle of the beds, even dripping from the ceiling with no known source after investigation. I mean, that's just weird. There's even a guest room that the owner and staff call Raymond's room, here, he's known to touch guests, particularly on the head and around the face. Many people have felt as if their head, the back of their neck, or their sinuses are being squeezed in this room, which would definitely make for a not very comfy hotel stay, I would say. Another room inhabited by a spirit named Lucy is known as Lucy's room and is where guests will feel extreme temperature changes. This spirit, Lucy, has the power to change the temp of the room up to 30 degrees on demand. Like, if they say, hey Lucy, can you make it colder in here? She will instantly. Some guests have even awoken to a freezing cold room in the middle of the night, able to see their breath when the AC isn't even on at the time. One guest said she could feel the cold spells coming on and would have to either wrap herself in a blanket for 20 to 25 minutes until it ended or go out into the hallway to warm up. Must just be Lucy showing everyone what she can do, I guess, all the time. A different room is the dwelling of a spirit the owners call Annie, who apparently also keeps a ghost cat. I told you, they have just the whole gamut of paranormal happenings. Now, this one I love. Guests of this room report seeing a cat's shadow feeling a cat jump up on the bed, and even feeling the effects of a cat allergy when there hasn't been a cat in that room ever, I guess, that they even know of. <laughs> they even ask guests if they have a cat allergy before booking them in that room, just in case Ghosty Cat makes an appearance. <laughs> and FYI, I'm allergic to cats, but I would totally spend the night 
with Ghosty Cat anytime. Another well-known, heard, and even seen ghost is the spirit of the little boy. This is assumed to be the little boy who died of influenza at the hotel, of course. But at this point, I feel like if this place is a portal, maybe it could be anyone, any child. I don't know. I read many reports of guests hearing a ball bounce down the hallway and a child laughing. When, of course, no child can be found, they'll go out to the hallway and there's nothing there. Some guests will even try to debunk this by asking the front desk clerk if any children are checked in and, you guessed it, there aren't any children in the building at all. (laughs) There's even a little playroom for kids in the hotel, which is adorable. And the owner, Kelly, claims that she hears stories all the time from guests who brought in their children that the children had been playing with a little boy in the playroom, but that they didn't know his name or see him with any parent. So the parents of the kids would go to the front desk and ask if they knew where the little boy's parents were. And again, no little boy could ever be found by an adult anyway, but the kids could see them. One employee said that children plural, will ask them who the little boy sitting at the top of the stairs is. There is, in fact, no little boy sitting at the top of the stairs, but children can see him sitting there. One guest was startled to see the apparition of a little boy bouncing a ball and standing with who she thought was his mother just appear before her and disappear at the same time that she heard a loud groan, which must have been terrifying. All of the rooms in the hotel are active, but room 17 seems to come up a lot in the paranormal experiences of guests. They report hearing their name being called in the room, both while awake during the day and being awoken to a clear voice in the room with them during the night. Many guests have even heard the names of others being whispered in their ear. They'll start hearing whispers, and as they listen, it will become clear the word that they're hearing. So one guest heard the name Lancaster repeatedly, while another heard the name Chapman repeated in their ear. Which makes me wonder, are the spirits insistent on being recognized themselves, and they're saying their own names? Or are they asking for help in finding someone with that name? A common occurrence in room 17 is mysteriously moving furniture, coming back to a room that isn't quite the same as it was when they left. Like the TV will be pulled away from the electric socket, a side table will be on the other side of the room. Also objects and personal items being hidden and found in a spot where the guest knew they would have never left it. Or objects being lost completely, which is so frustrating, and I'm assuming that they knew housekeeping hadn't been there because that would debunk it instantly and it wouldn't be so creepy. Batteries of devices also drain quickly in this room, which could be spirits using their energy. Guests in almost all of the rooms have reported heavy footsteps either in their room with them or directly outside their door when no one is there. Distinct knocks on the door when, of course, again, no one is at the door, but you know when you hear someone knocking on the door. The sound of furniture dragging around above them, only to find out later that no one was staying in the room above them. There are sounds of a ghostly party, only to, again, find there were no guests and definitely no party. 
Guests of rooms 12 and 13 often report being terrified after being inexplicably locked in their room, unable to make the door budge until it just suddenly releases. And one of the most intense and terrifying experiences I can think of is being touched while you're sleeping, and this happens often. One guest claimed they were in bed, asleep, with their leg hanging outside of the covers, which everyone knows not to do, obviously, when they awoke abruptly to their leg being slapped. No thanks. <laughs> everyone knows if your leg hangs over the side of the bed, it will get grabbed by a demon, but slapped too? I didn't even think about that. No, no thanks. Again, in room 17, one guest reported she felt as though someone was laying on top of her as she was in bed, which again, big hard no. Employees, of course, have the most paranormal experiences here as they're in the hotel for the longest amounts of time, of course. One very common report from employees, oddly enough, is the movement of silverware. So after taking a painstaking amount of time and effort arranging and straightening the silverware on the tables, the employee will leave the room and return only to find that all of the silverware is now askew on the tables. And this happens so much that one employee just stopped trying to straighten them <laughs> after straightening them two to three times per night as they would always be moved. The staff of the hotel bar often deal with glassware being thrown down off of the bar or a table by an invisible force, or rows of hanging stemware sliding off the rack and flying several feet. One of the more well-known stories comes from a night clerk who was cleaning up in the bar area after closing around 12.30 a.m. when they were suddenly startled to see a man standing at the bar. Being very confused as to how he got there, the clerk decided to be friendly and obliged the man's request for a beer, even though they didn't have access to the till, but they could still pour a beer. They had a short conversation. The man took his glass of beer and went into the lobby. The clerk then watched the man walk up the stairs towards the guest rooms. It seems all good, except when they talked to the owner the next day and told her the story, she turned white as a ghost and was very concerned as they had no guests check in or out that night. And furthermore, the glass was never found in any of the rooms or elsewhere in the hotel. Now, could a man have walked in off the street, walked around the hotel and back out again? Sure, but I choose to believe ghosts can get a beer in the afterlife. Of course, some guests of the hotel and citizens of Sock Center believe that one of the spirits haunting the Palmer House Hotel could be that of their famous author native Sinclair Lewis, who I mentioned earlier. Sinclair did work in the hotel for two summers in its early days, so it could be a place near and dear to his heart. In 1920, Lewis wrote possibly his most famous book called Main Street, which is a novel set in a town called Gopher Prairie, which is an obviously fictionalized version of his hometown, Sock Center. In the book, the progressive main character struggles with small-town life and the mentality of the small-town folk. At the time, the residents of Sock Center weren't super impressed with being portrayed in this negative light and were offended at the perceived criticism. The book was even banned by the small town of Alexandria, Minnesota's public library because they were so offended by it. 
And as I mentioned earlier, it said Lewis was fired from the hotel due to his desire to write instead of working. It's thought that he may have had a private little hidey hole in the hotel behind one of the walls in the basement, which adds to the novelty and mystery of the Palmer House's history and hauntings, of course. And speaking of the basement, just like Edinburgh Manor and countless other haunted places, it's the chosen home of what the owner Kelly believes is an evil entity. Once when she was down there with her husband, they both suddenly felt a presence with them. And all of the light in the room was blocked out completely by a very large entity with red eyes. And just as soon as the shape passed, they got the hell out of there. And the previous skeptical of the paranormal Kelly was now a believer. Many paranormal investigation groups and shows have visited the Palmer House Hotel to discover the activity themselves, and this place is so active. Many EVPs have been recorded in the rooms, in the lobby, the bar, the basement. One group even heard the sounds of a singing child on their walkie-talkies, which creeps me out to no end. Every corner of this historic building is just crawling with the energy of spirits. And if you dare, you too can visit Sock Center to enjoy the small town charm and ghostly voices of the past at the Palmer House Hotel. I hope you enjoyed that short little story about Minnesota's most haunted place. Do you want to visit with me? I know I say that every time, but seriously, let's go. (laughs) Happy Minnesota Day to all you Minnesotans out there. We love you and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed your trip to Weirdsdale. Please hit follow or subscribe to Weirdsdale right in your podcast app to help us get to more Weirdsters. Also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for pictures, sneak peeks, and what seltzer we're trying this week. DM us or email us at weirdsdalepod at gmail.com. Thanks.